are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to who? The always wonderful and, might I add, handsome host of this podcast, multimedia journalist and graphic designer. So please go check out my website. It's Miller Thomas, first name, last name, dot my portfolio. Or excuse me, I got that all wrong. It's Miller Thomas 24. So first name, last name, number 24, then dot myportfolio.com. Miller Thomas 24, dot myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, we got a jam packed show for you guys. We're talking about up, uh, tonight's matchup between. The D-backs and the Angels talking about Bumgarner on the mound. We're going to be talking about who the who ESPN has ranked as the most entertaining Diamondbacks player and where they fall on their top 100 list. And finally, we're going to be talking about the MLB playoff bubble, what it means, what it looks like. We'll get into all that and more. But first, if you're a company interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Diamondbacks is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 to 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are the most reasonable around. Email me at lockedondiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. And don't forget to go to rockauto.com where they have amazing selection and the prices are always reliably low. All right, let's get into it. Let's first talk about tonight's game between the D-backs and the Angels. And this will be Bumgarner's first time on the mound against the Los Angeles Angels, actually. He's never faced Mike Trout in his career, so it'll definitely be an interesting matchup to see those two go against each other. But for Bumgarner, he is still searching for his first win of the season. And I was looking at his game log today, guys. It is not a sight you want to see. There's only been one start this year where he didn't give up at least one home run. There's only been, uh, and he has only two starts this year where he didn't give up multiple home runs. His first start against the Padres, the very first start of the year for Madison Bumgarner, is the only start where he didn't give up at least one home run. And then his second starts, his second start combined with his first start, are the only two where he didn't give up at least more than one home run, where he didn't give up multiple home runs. So. He has not been good this season, and you combine that with the fact that those first two starts are also the two deepest starts he's had all season. It's the only starts where he pitched into the sixth inning. He didn't finish the sixth inning, but it's the only two starts where he at least got an out in the sixth inning, where he at least recorded an out because he never recorded an out in any other start this year in the sixth inning, only those first two. And granted, those are the only two starts where he hasn't given up multiple home runs. If you look at his last four starts, Baumgartner's given up 10 home runs in his last four starts. In his last two starts, 
He's gotten pretty lucky, if I say so myself. He's given up four home runs the last two starts, two home runs apiece. But he's been getting lucky, I say, because there's been no one on base in those with those four home runs allowed. There's been no damage done outside of the one guy at the plate because there's been no one on base during those four solo home runs, and that's pretty lucky. If you could give up four straight home runs and they're all solo home runs, you're going to be a very lucky guy because you're not getting shelled for that major damage. You're not giving up a, a great medley of home runs or earned runs, I should say. At least you're not allowing multiple earned runs at once, which just compounds the problem. One home run allowed, and it's a solo home run. That's not the worst thing in the world. Two solo home runs uh, allowed in a game, you know, that that's definitely concerning. But at least you're not giving up the earned runs. And for Bumgarner, I guess that's the best thing you can say, that he's not giving up earned runs. I mean, his last start, two earned runs looks fine. But like I said, the two, the, the two earned runs were on solo home runs. And then he only had two strikeouts, which is just so concerning. Because if you look at his last four starts, He's given up the 10 home runs, but he's also, he's also only struck out a total of eight batters in four starts. That's just not Baumgartner-like. This was the guy who was sitting between, you know, eight and nine uh, strikeouts per nine for the majority of his career, sometimes even around 10. And to see him just, you know, so to see him just at eight strikeouts through eight strikeouts in his last four starts, that tells me all I need to know with how concerned I should be with Bumgarner. He's allowing a lot of home runs. He's not striking out dudes. And his hits per nine is there around 10. So he's getting hit. He's not. He, he's allowing home runs. He's walking dudes at an all right pace. You know, not nothing crazy at an all right pace. But, but the earned runs allowed, the home runs allowed, the lack of strikeouts, the lack of not pitching deep into ball games. Those are the reasons why he hasn't won a game. Yeah, the, the D-backs run support could be better. He's only averaging about three and a half runs uh, whenever he gets on. He's only averaging about three and a half runs of run support whenever he's starting. So that's pretty atrocious. That's, you know, awful. I, there's nothing more I can say that's atrocious. But Bumgarner himself has not been good in those starts. And hopefully against this Angels team, he can get back on track just a little bit. Maybe he could give himself some confidence. He's never faced the Angels before, so I'm curious to see how he looks. But the Angels are 20 and 28 on the season. They're no good, too. And hopefully he can get that run support today, and maybe he could back himself into a win. Maybe he gives up four earned runs, five earned runs, and gets a win because you can make the case. Baumgartner's not the worst starter in this matchup. You can easily make the case Julio Teron is the worst starter in this matchup because he, too, is looking for his first win of the season. He's 0-3. He's got an 8-2-3 ERA, even worse than Bumgarner. So at least there's a guy on the mound going tonight that's even worse than a D-backs pitcher, which is always, you know, that's usually not something you see. Usually the D-backs have the worst pitcher on the mound, and that's usually a pretty consistent trend that we see out the D-backs. But hopefully today this could be a night where the D-backs offense comes alive and they can step up to the plate. I'm not entirely sure who should be starting today. I'm going to look real quick for you guys what the projected lineup is because, uh, you know, we've seen the D-backs recently, and 
The D-backs are not, you know, they're, they're not putting their normal guys out there. They're giving a lot of their big-time players a rest just because it's late in the season, and they want to see what young studs they have. And if you look tonight, they got Palvin Smith, a guy who they just brought up from the minor leagues, from their alternate site. He's starting today at DH. You got Josh Rojas starting at second base. So those are two guys who's not normally starting this D-backs lineup. And then you got Dalton Varsho, who's basically an everyday player now, now that uh, there's no more starring Mar- no more starring Marte, Dalton Varsho is basically that everyday player in center field for this D-back. So they're putting their young guys in. We'll see what Pavin Smith looks like. I'm curious to see what how he plays tonight for the Arizona Diamondbacks. He's a guy who's six two. Um, he, he he's six two. He's only 24 years old. He's a lefty too, so that's always interesting. A southpaw kind of guy. He's young, so I'm curious to see what kind of what kind of damage this guy could do. He's got a nice build. He's got a nice frame. He's got some interesting numbers down in the minor league. So I'm definitely curious whenever I see a young first baseman coming up through the minors because first baseman, if you hit on those, those are you know middle of the lineup kind of game changers. Those are the kind of guys that could carry your team offensively. So hopefully this guy can be the next everyday DH, at least for the rest of 2020, for the Arizona Diamondbacks. But coming up, I'll get into who ESPN ranked as the most entertaining player for the Arizona Diamondbacks. But first, let me tell you guys about rockauto.com because with the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain store front. Winder, often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry. You have access with you have computers with access to RockAuto.com at home and in your pocket. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Alright, alright, alright. Let's get back into it and let's first start with this. Let's start let's talk about this new playoff bubble for the MLB playoffs. And basically they're gonna be I, I'm not too sure where the bubble's gonna be played, but I do know the World Series will be played primarily in Arlington, Texas, in the new Texas Rangers ballpark. So that's where the World Series is going to be played. But I don't know about the divisional or the league series just yet. I don't think that's been announced. But I think this is fascinating, seeing uh, a neutral site, basically, where the World Series is going to be played. It's going to eliminate travel. And the most interesting thing about this is they are taking away travel from these teams, so there's going to be no days off in the division and league series. Once you get to the World Series, you'll get your normal two days off of rest, but in the division and league series, you're playing every day, so 
your bullpen, your starting rotation, you better have that figured out, and you better have good depth because there's going to be no days off in this playoffs for at least the first couple of rounds. And some of these teams, you know, some of these teams do sound a little bit concerned. I hear a little bit of concerned out of my other locked-on hosts because they think it can favor more starting uh, rotations than others, favor the teams with the better bullpen depth. And that's probably true. You know, I will agree that will favor the teams with better bullpen depth. But if you're telling me that the teams who are going to be favored in this situation because no more no more rest days, if you're telling me the teams with the better bullpen depth are going to be favored in this situation, then you're also conceding the point that when you do have the rest, the teams that have that lack the bullpen depth that might just be top-heavy are the ones benefiting in that situation. So in the end, I think it all evens out. I'm not too concerned that a team with better bullpen depth is going to be in a better in a better situation than the team they're going against because guess what? If you want better bullpen depth, then you better start making moves at the MLB trade deadline. You better start making moves in the offseason so you can be prepared for the deep playoff run that is the MLB postseason. You should be prepared. Your your, your bullpen should be deep. And I know recently when you look at the World Series, uh, you know, teams really do shorten their staffs. You see a lot of times, you know, teams go with three, four-man starting rotations. We saw the Red Sox in 2018. Nate Evaldi was uh, a bullpen guy who was starting. Chris Sale came out and closed. David Price would come out and uh, come out the bullpen and, and make some major pitches. So you needed you, you need your guys to step up. You need your starting rotation, sometimes your starting pitchers, to come in on short rest and pitch out the bullpen. But now with no rest days, that, that probably won't happen the first two rounds. That could still happen in the World Series. But for these first two rounds, you're not going to be able to do that, and you're going to have to rely on these starting pitchers and hope they could get through you know, hopefully they could get through their start, make it deep into the ball game, and not have to have the bullpen come in early. Because once you got these starting rotations, if you have a a starting pitcher that's gonna implode on a, let's say your starting pitcher goes out there, gives up five earned runs and you know four innings, and the the manager decides to take him out. Now you're cutting into your next day's bullpen, and that could really start to wear down on your bullpen for the rest of the playoffs. So in those situations, it will matter. But in the end, we're all facing the same difficulties. We're all facing the same risk. So I really don't want to hear any excuses once we get to the MLB postseason. And another little nugget that I like from this is that the players will have the opportunity for up to six family members and guests to stay with them at a separate hotel. So that will be nice. They'll be able to come in pretty quickly and stay in a hotel, in a separate hotel from the players for about five and a half weeks. So these players won't be super lonely. It won't be a, a very long postseason. It won't be like the NBA playoffs where it's a lot longer. It'll be quicker, no days off. It'll be a lot quicker. You'll be done pretty quick, and you'll be out there. Bef- you'll be out there before you know it. So. I think for the MLB, I really like this. And they also are going to try to get to 25%, 25% capacity for their postseason games once they get to the World Series. So we'll see if the if the MLB could pull that off with some fans in the stadium. We'll see what it looks like once the players' families get to come into the, into the quarantine bubble because that will matter for the players' psyches. That should help their morale. 
and keep them motivated to keep going. And then I do want to see what these playoffs look like with no rest days. Is it going to make these players more sloppy? Is it going to make this pitching rotation and bullpen more sloppy? Is it really going to come down to who... Is it really going to come to come down to who has the best bullpen? And are the teams with the best bullpen, are they going to be the ones advancing? We'll see. I'm very curious to see all of this. But now it's time for who ESPN ranked as the most entertaining, as the most entertaining Diamondbacks player. And I don't think it's a shock for you guys on who the, the most entertaining Diamondbacks player. You guys could probably guess it. It's Quetzal Marte. Yes. Ketel Marte of the Arizona Diamondbacks, and this is what they wrote in his little blurb, his little caption on this ESPN article. It's fun watching a good defensive shortstop play the position. See the relatively high placement of Orlando Arcia and Jose Iglesias on this list. But it can be even more fun watching a good defensive shortstop playing second base when he's obviously overqualified for it. In this area of infield shifts, where so much defense happens right up the middle, Marte is the best there is around the bag, fielding knockdown liners, starting close-range double play turns, pulling out hocus-pocus. He's also an extraordinary strong hitter. Only five batters hit a ball harder than he has this year. Though the season has been a letdown from his 2019 MVP bid, he would just sideline for wrist inflammation. So kind of weird of a kind of weird sentence to end it, but yeah, so they're high on Ketel Marte mostly because of how he plays defense. At second base, they basically think he's a wizard who should be playing shortstop, but because it's a little bit tougher of a position to play defensively, and usually your best hitter doesn't play shortstop. I guess you put more of your offensive players at second base. That's where they have Ketel Marte. If you want to know who he's behind on this list, they have Ronald Acuna at 7. I can't be mad at that, but Nelson Cruz at 6, I was a little surprised about. Mike Trout at 5, I thought was... Kind of low for him. I would put him there. I would probably put him not in my top 20 just because I think he's a little bit boring of a player to watch. And then they have Mookie Betts at four. Can't disagree with that. But then this one I found fascinating. Luis Robert of the White Sox, the number three. They call him the, the Mike Trout of the Cubans on this ESPN article. And I just found that fascinating that he's number three on this list as a rookie. Number two on here is Juan Soto. And then number one is Fernando Tatis of the San Diego Padres. So I know Javi Reyes has to be happy about that one. But that's the top eight, at least, with Ketel Marte finishing it at number eight. And I believe he's the Arizona Diamondback on this list. If I take a look real quick, I don't believe there's any more Arizona Diamondbacks on this list. I looked earlier, and I can't blame them for not putting any more Arizona Diamondbacks on this list. I don't know who it would be if I had to. Maybe maybe a Christian Walker, I guess, or a Zach Gallon. I do think he's pretty entertaining to watch, but it seems like they only have position players on this top 100 list, so maybe I would put a Cole Calhoun. I don't know who else I would put, but for... Having only one Diamondbacks on this list, at least he was as high as number eight, and I definitely agree with that ranking. I probably would have him above Luis Robert, probably move Ketar Marte into my top seven, move uh, Luis Robert down to number eight because I don't know how you have him so high. But that's it for this edition of the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. Hope everyone is still doing safe and is still trying to maintain not their physical but also their mental health during these tough times so please just keeping your head up please just keep staying positive and let's just keep rooting for this d-backs because it will get better
peace. 